Chapter 1 of The Complete Book of Cheese This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This reading by Carl Manchester, 2009. The Complete Book of Cheese by Robert Carlton Brown Chapter 1 I Remember Cheese Cheese Market Day in a town in the north of Holland. All the cheese fanciers are out, thumping the cannonball edams and the millstone goudas with their bare red knuckles, plugging in with a hollow steel tool for samples. In Holland, the business of judging a crumb of cheese has been taken with great seriousness for centuries. The abracadabra is comparable to that of the wine taster or tea taster. These edamers have the trained ear of music masters and, merely by knuckle rapping, can tell, down to an air pocket left by a gas bubble, just how mature the interior is. The connoisseurs use gingerbread as a mouth freshener, and I too, that sunny day among the Edams, kept my gingerbread handy and made my way from one fine cheese to another, trying out generous plugs from the heaped cannonballs that looked like the ammunition dump at Antietam. I remember another market day, this time in Lucerne, all morning I stocked up on good Schweizerkase and better Gruyere. For lunch I had a cheese salad. All around me the farmers were rolling 200-pound Emmentalers, bigger than ox-cart wheels. I sat in a little café, absorbing cheese and cheese law in equal quantities. I learned that a prize cheese must be chock-full of equal-sized eyes. The gas holes produced during fermentation. They must glisten like polished bar glass. The cheese itself must be of a light, lemonish yellow. Its flavour must be nut-like. Nuts and Swiss cheese complement each other as subtly as gorgonzola and a ripe banana. There are, I learned, blind Swiss cheeses as well, but the million-eyed ones are better. But I don't have to hark back to Switzerland and Holland for cheese memories. Here at home we have increasingly taken over the cheeses of all nations, first importing them, then imitating them, from Swiss Engadine to what we call genuine sprints. We've naturalised Scandinavian blues and smoked browns and baptised our own Saarland Far in native whisky. Of fifty popular Italian types, we duplicate more than half, some fairly well, others badly. We have our own legitimate offspring too, beginning with the pineapple, supposed to have been first made about 1845 in Litchfield County, Connecticut. We have our own creamy Nerf Châtel, New York Coon, Vermont Sage, the delicious Liederkranz, California Jack, New World and dozens of others, not all quite so original. And, true to the American way, we've organised cheese-eating. There's an annual cheese week, and a cheese month, October. We even boast a mail-order cheese of the month club. We haven't yet reached the point of sophistication, however, attained by a Paris cheese club that meets regularly. To qualify for membership, you have to identify 200 basic cheeses, and you have to do it blindfolded. This is a test I prefer not to submit to, but in my amateur way I have during the past year or two been sharpening my cheese perception 
with whatever varieties I could encounter around New York. I've run into briny Caucasian Cossack, Corsican Gricotta, and exotics like Rarush Dermar, Travnik, and Karahi Lala. Cheese hunting is one of the greatest, and least competitively crowded, of sports. I hope this book may lead others to give it a try. End of chapter 1